Welcome to Grace to Stand. I'm Pastor George, and I'm glad to be with you. And I'm flying solo today because, honestly, Darren and I have just had a hard time getting up with one another. He's moved to Raleigh, North Carolina, to be closer to the capital. He has a, he's the minister of state for the PCA in the capital of North Carolina, but also because he's taken a call at a church, and so he's kind of doing double duty. He's a missionary in the capital, but he's also a local pastor now, and both the move and his increased responsibilities have made it difficult for us to uh, to work out a schedule that works. On top of that, we felt like we may be better served to go to twice a month or every other week to produce these broadcasts rather than weekly. And so uh, that has presented some challenges also because now we're not on a normal routine. At any rate, uh, I wanted to bring to you this this episode and to talk about something that's going on in the world because a friend of mine had asked me about it, and that's the conflict uh, in Israel with Israel and the Palestinians and Hamas and all that. And I got to be honest, I don't keep up well with current events. I am not a, a political strategist, nor am I an economist, nor am I... Uh, nor do I understand all the ins and outs of, the, of, of of these kinds of things. But it is on everyone's mind, and it is causing lots of uh, angst or curiosity, particularly, you know, in our country. So many Christians are dispensationalists, and so a lot of our, our brothers and sisters in Christ have a view of Israel that is different from ours in the Reformed world. And that's also creating... Uh, anticipation with the events going on. But why was I asked? And well, I guess everybody's is being asked nowadays, but in particular, the friend had asked me what I think of what's going on. And if I've heard any chatter on my end in my circles, now, what are my circles? Well, many of you know, but many of you don't, that I am uh, of Middle Eastern descent. I My grandparents came here from Syria, and that happens on both sides of my family, both um, my dad's parents and my mom's grandparents. And uh, fun fact for you, both of my grandfathers named George. And so that's why I'm George, because I have two grandfathers named George. But um, why I was asked is because I grew up in a Syrian home with my grandparents speaking Arabic to me. We went to uh, an Arabic-speaking church. It, I was actually Melkite Catholic. Melkite Catholic is uh, a part of the Catholic Church, but it has its own what they call rite, R-I-T-E, which is its own traditions and its own heritage, and it's right out of the East, out of the Middle East. And so a uh, very old and ancient version of Christianity straight out of uh, Antioch. So Melkite Catholics root their heritage back into when you read the Book of Acts, where Christians were first called Christians. And so they, I know they have a lot of pride in that. Uh, they they proclaim to be descendants of St. Peter. And so there you go. Um, but because of that, and because I grew up in that kind of a household, worshiping in that kind of a church, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of Arabic friends, a lot of Syrian family members and connections. Uh, my family came, uh, they all had settled in Brooklyn, and then I was born in Florida. That's That's where I'm from. But uh, very familiar with the culture, with the foods, with the um, the mannerisms, with the parties, 
with the thinking and thought processes. And so this friend had asked, you know, are you hearing anything uh, culturally about this? And that was a complicated question to answer. And so it's caused me to really think deeply about it because I am a Christian first, but I do have a heritage and a culture out of the Middle East and um, love that aspect about me. I love how the Lord has made me and the history that he's given me. And so I thought I'd answer some of that here. And just to say it's going to be complex because it's not a, a simple solution. But the way I analyze what's going on in the Middle East with Israel and Hamas, uh, you, you know, there's different facets of it. You can look at it politically. You can look at it culturally. You can look at it religiously. And I look at it all those ways. But one thing is, and I've already alluded to this, I'm not a dispensationalist. I don't believe that the church is going to be raptured out of this earth and that Israel then is going to be left here with, again, all non-Christians, and then Israel will uh, come to faith as their Messiah, Jesus Christ, comes to rescue them. I, I, don't, I don't believe that. We as Reformed Christians don't believe that. And while that may, might be a minority view in this day in America, um, that was not the case historically. That is not how Israel has been viewed as a recent view, last less than 200 years probably. But I understand it's captivated most of, of American Christianity. And so there's lots of anticipation with um, Israel having a, a, a claim and a right to the land, and God is going to use this to... Uh, bring Jesus Christ back. And I just want to say, I, I just don't view it that, that way uh, religiously. I don't view that way biblically. In, in Matthew's gospel, it says this, when he, where he, so they were in Egypt. So, you know, they escaped to Egypt, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. Uh, they stayed there until the death of Herod, Matthew 2.15. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt, I called my son. And you're like, where, where is that referenced? Well, that's quoting from Hosea 11.1 1 from the Old Testament, where it says, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. And so there's a, a connection that we're given between the nation and people of Israel and Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ essentially being called Israel. And what we see in, in covenant theology and in a biblical understanding or biblical theology, biblical theological understanding of, of the scriptures and Israel is that Jesus Christ comes himself as the new Israel and fulfills where Israel failed. He is true Israel, just as he is the new Adam. In other words, Adam failed and Jesus Christ is the new Adam, and Israel failed and Jesus Christ is true Israel. And what we see is the pattern of Israel is reflected in the pattern of Christ's very own life. I mean, Israel comes out through a Red Sea crossing, which the Apostle Paul calls a, a baptism, and goes into the wilderness for 40 years where there's 12 tribes. And Jesus Christ himself uh, get, is baptized by John the Baptist and goes into the wilderness, not for 40 years, but for 40 days. And then as he comes out of the wilderness, he has uh, not 12 tribes, but 12 apostles. And the New Testament hold out the 12 apostles as the new 12 tribes, essentially. And so Jesus Christ, God looks down on him and says, 
Behold my son in whom my soul delights. You're my beloved son. Uh, Israel was called his child and his son, and Jesus Christ is his child and son. And then the book of Galatians says, we're the Israel of God. And so the Israel of God, how are we the Israel of God? We're the Israel of God because Jesus Christ is true Israel and we are in him. And so, of course, you get to the book of Romans and, and Romans 9 to 11. is so uh, There's so many diversity of opinions. But Paul very clearly says, not all of Israel are Israel in Romans 9. In other words, not all, not all Israel are of Israel. Not all national Israel make up the Israel of God. And the Israel of God are not made up primarily of national Israel. And so Paul uses Israel in, a, in, in two different ways there. And that's what Paul does all throughout Romans, all throughout Paul's writings. You know, he, he's talking about the flesh and not living according to the flesh, but living according to the spirit. And the word flesh is used so many times in Romans 6, 7, and 8. I mean, it's, it's how many times Paul uses the word flesh. And then he comes to Romans 9 and he's, he talks about his brothers in the flesh. And so now he changes how he's using the word flesh and he's talking about the Jewish people and his heart for them. Now, I do recognize that Romans 11 uh, also has a diversity of views because it, it does seem like there will be a turning back of the Jewish people uh, to God as they recognize their Messiah. And how we understand that can be viewed in different ways. But again, we don't view it in a dispensational sense. And so the way I view this is, I I just say I support Israel in as much as they are doing what they can to do this war and battle humanely. I don't know all the ins and outs and I don't know all the details, but I'm not supporting them because I believe they're God's people. I'm supporting them because I believe they have a right to protect themselves. I believe Hamas is a terrorist organization and I believe it's the United States rights to have allies who are in their interest, in our national security's interest in particular. And that is not a popular thing to say. It's it's almost like, well, there's all these atrocities going on in the world, and the U.S. only cares about the ones that affect them. And yeah, uh, I'm sorry to say that is part of sphere sovereignty, that God has given the United States a government to protect our people. And it's not a popular thing to say, but that's the truth. And in doing so, there are alliances that the United States can have now, everything that we've gone through in the Middle East and the terrorist attacks on our own soil and terrorist atta or attacks around the world, I'm open to being wrong, but it seems like Israel's a good ally to have and they're important to have. Uh, and that, that'll give me just a side note. I decided to wear today my uh, Camp Striker Iraq shirt because I had a cousin or I have a cousin. I mean, he's he's... Praise God, God preserved him, but he served uh, in the Middle East, in the army, in Iraq. And a lot of Americans have sacrificed, a lot of people around the world have sacrificed in that region of the world. And so it does interest us all. Um, so religiously, I don't, again, I don't believe that the Jewish people are God's people. We are God's people, the church. And that's not replacement theology Israel in the Old Testament was the Old Testament church. That's the Westminster Confession. And we're uh, the New Testament church. And God has a people. 
we are the Israel of God, we are the church of God, we are the bride of Christ. This is New Testament language for us. But politically and nationally, I agree with Israel's right to exist and I agree with their right to defend themselves. Now, culturally, what's going on culturally? So I said, again, I was, you know, I'm of Syrian descent, um, third generation here, but very familiar with uh, my cultural heritage, but very separated from it. I've never been to Syria. I've never been to the Middle East. Um, but what I will say, and this, this, make, this makes me not be cavalier about my position, but I'll take a step back and go to, you know, the, the, the Syrian conflicts and what was going on in Syria, you know, I guess could be 10 years ago now. I, I don't even remember with Assad and how we viewed Assad in America as um, such a brutal dictator who needed to be dealt with. But the Christians out of Syria... Catholic, Orthodox, and not Catholic or Orthodox, but other Christians there in Syria, were writing the United States people that were from Syria, asking us to have our government stay out of that Syrian conflict. You say, well, how can that be? I thought Assad was such a brutal uh, dictator that was killing his own people. Because the Christians in Syria viewed Assad as keeping order, and he was only against, and I say only not, again, cavalier or um, flippantly, but only against political rivals. And they feared for what was going to happen in their country with the instability of a war. And that's what we've seen. So my family is from, uh, my grandfather, uh, grandmother was from Aleppo. My grandfather was from Damascus. And I probably have no relatives left alive in, in Syria through that conflict. I'm not making a political statement. I don't know whether we should have been involved or not. I'm saying these things are more complicated than we know here in America. And I think the same thing with this Israeli-Palestinian um, conflict. So because of, again, our heritage, and um, really so much of heritage goes about, it has to do with food, doesn't it? <laughs> and so... Uh, Middle Easterners and Mediterraneans love their food, and so much is is centered around food. And by the way, when you see when you read the New Testament, you see so many of Jesus's accounts are around food. Uh, he's eating and drinking with sinners. He's break. He's feeding people with bread from heaven, and that happens in multiple times. He's having the Last Supper with the disciples. Uh, he breaks bread after uh, after his resurrection on the road to Emmaus. There's food everywhere, and Syrian people, Middle Easterners, love their food. And so, growing up, I just thought it was natural and normal to eat foods like hummus and baba ganoush and kefta kebab and 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 these things. And I found out pretty soon, though, that it wasn't normal as I'd bring those foods to school and get laughed at and mocked and made fun of in the 1980s uh, by kids because there wasn't great sensitivity or knowledge about Middle Eastern culture, practice, uh, or any of that in the 80s. Of course, that's all changed. And now every city, even here in North Carolina, I can go and find some great Syrian or Lebanese grocers and Middle Eastern restaurants, uh, and it's it's become health food. You can go to the supermarket and buy hummus. I mean, my mom used to have to make it, and my mom would make string cheese in the house, and my grandmother and my great-grandmother, I remember them all working together, and so I have some great memories about that. But the foods, so when, when I would go to, again, Lebanese or Syrian grocers or even, you know, Iraqi grocers, you know, different people of 
generally run by people from the Middle East, immigrants. Oftentimes they were Muslim, but not always. Sometimes they were Catholics from the Middle East. Again, very ancient Catholics or Christians. And I'm aware of even Palestinian Christian run like Mediterranean, Middle Eastern stores where we can buy the foods that we're used to. And I remember being in one within the last few years where the guy was a Palestinian Christian and he, in my view, expressed a hatred for Israel. And what I first read as anti-Semitism, as the guy was talking to me and getting worked up about it, and then tears were flowing down his face, I recognized there is probably anti-Semitism there. But he is thinking of his Christian family in Gaza, and he's crying about what they're going through. He's crying as he thinks about the checkpoints and how they're treated coming through the checkpoints. He's crying about every time Israel has to retaliate because Hamas has done something, how his family, who are Christians, are suffering in that. And it really had to make me remember my allegiances because, again, as I said at the beginning, I'm a Christian first. And so this isn't about George from an Arab country. I have to think about my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I had never really thought about them and how they're affected in this and how there are Palestinian Christians who um, are being brutalized in this. And so I am sensitive to that. So it's complicated. It's, it's definitely complicated. But as I said in the beginning, I can hold two positions in this. And then I'm going to turn to a, a third view. So I, this kind of has really kind of three points. Again, the first one is religiously, I don't believe we're supposed to be supporting the Jewish people because of some religious promise to them. The promise to them was in their Messiah, Jesus Christ, and we are grafted into that. Religiously speaking is not why I'm supporting Israel. But when I see all these Christians who are in the Reformed world or in the Anglican world or are just basically not dispensationalist, and because they see Christians excited about what's going on in Israel because they believe that means the Messiah is coming back, that's causing people then to take the other side. I, I don't believe that. I believe that we can hold two positions at the same time. One, I don't have to support Israel as a religious thing. But two, I can recognize their right to exist, their right to defend themselves, and the right of the United States to view them as an ally. And people say, well, they forced the Palestinians out of their land and, and their occupiers, and, and, and you see that. And I just... When you look at the history, it is way too complex for that. In the 1800s, that area of the world was not highly populated at all. It was very tribally and nomadically based. And it was after World War I where there started to be discussions of Jewish people having a land again that suddenly there was all this new interest in that part of the world. And some of that, again, has to do with Islam itself, because in Islam, a place that is captured and conquered cannot revert back to the people that that were conquered. 
And so because of Israel's interest in it and because Israel was set up there, it ended up becoming a magnet or an influx for not just Jewish people, but for also for, for Arab peoples. And even in my saying that, I know people are going to dispute what I'm saying. My point is that it, it's, a, it's a complicated history. You know, when I see protests around the world and anti-Semitism around the world and uh, over this and very much in the vein and spirit of what's going on in the Western world, cultural Marxism, critical theories, the Palestinians are the oppressed, the Israelis are the oppressor, and so we must overthrow the oppressor. And I see BLM groups and all kind of leftist groups jumping on the anti-Semitic bandwagon it really turns my stomach. Hamas is a terrorist group. And I certainly feel bad for the Palestinian people and what they've had to deal with. But I totally agree with, and I've heard this multiple times. I, I'm not sure who said it lately, whether it was Netanyahu or whoever. But it is true that if Hamas puts down their weapons, there'll be peace in that region. But if Israel puts down their weapons, there won't be in Israel. Hamas targets civilians and children and women, not Israel. Are there casualties, Palestinian women and children casualties? Absolutely, there is. Because there's casualties in war. So the two things I can hold, I don't have to support Israel religiously to be able to support them, their right to be there. They're, they are a nation. They've been a nation for multiple generations now, and they have a right to protect their people. And the United States has a right to um, view them as an ally based on the United States' interests. But I will say the third point, I am curious about what God is doing. And that doesn't make me a dispensationalist, but it doesn't escape me that the Jewish people for almost 2,000 years had no land to speak of, were scattered about the earth, and they maintained both their cultural heritage and their religious heritage and their language. What people group has a language it doesn't have a land? Think about that. The Jewish people have preserved their cultural heritage, their religious heritage, their language. It's mind-boggling, and now they're back in the land. So what does that mean? I have no idea. I honestly don't. But I would not be surprised, and I will rejoice, if God has brought those people back, and if they turn to Christ. I don't believe the church is going to be raptured out before that. I don't believe there's a separate plan for the Jewish people. But could God do that for his glory? And would that be glorious? That the people that have rejected him for thousands of years turn to him? I think it'd be awesome. And so that's my, my probably short video on this. I'm probably wrong in so many ways. But again, my three points of this are, one, I'm not supporting the Jewish people because of religious reasons. Two, I believe they have a right to defend and protect themselves I believe they have a right to exist, and I believe the United States has uh, the right to view them as an ally. That's two. But three, I wouldn't be surprised if God isn't doing something in this, because he always is, and it will be for his glory. But anybody that gets all wrapped up in this, I mean, I even, my kids go to a, um, 
a, a wonderful school in the area. It's it's out of a Baptist church, and they are just loved well there, and these people love the Lord, and so I have no critique of that. But one of the teachers was telling me how they were excited to tell the class and one of my kids about how important these events are in the Middle East right now and how we have to keep an eye on them. I want us to be as excited. My, my point in saying this is, I want us as as excited as some Christians are for what's going on in the Middle East, and nobody's excited over the death, but over what it may mean for things like rapture and 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 that stuff in a dispensationalist framework. I want us to be that excited about what our Savior, who is the Jewish Messiah, by the way, has done to secure salvation for us and has grafted us in to his people. And we ought to be treating every day, whether whether the Lord tarries for 50 years or whether he tarries for 50,000 years, we ought to be as excited for what he's doing here on this planet and how he's bringing people to himself and what he's done for us. And so that's that's my thoughts on this. I think, uh, would you be praying not just uh, for whatever side you're supporting, but praying for both sides because there's a lot of uh, innocent people on both sides that are being affected by this and will be affected by this. Would you pray for the Lord's protection for that region and for the world in this? I hope we would do that. And I hope we'll always remember that our Savior, our Christ, our God is on His throne. This is George Sayor for Grace to Stand. Hopefully next week, Darren and I will be back and we'll start to film those episodes that we told you we were going to do. Have a great one.